Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Other times you need a deeper understanding of what's going on. The Rundown Podcast has all of that, and it's Chicago-based, so you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Justin Kaufman, and this is Reset. Thousands of students are heading back to the classroom in Illinois suburban school districts. All across the state, schools are gearing up to shift away from online education and resume in-person learning. But concerns remain for those both in favor of resuming in-class learning and those who prefer to keep their children at home. WBEZ education reporter Susie Ahn joins me with more on the story. Susie, several schools started out saying they had this plan. They were going to start with remote, but eventually, especially in the month of October, they would be back in school. Well, I think part of it is there are several schools that had this plan since the summer that they were always going to go back at least for a hybrid at a certain point. And then, you know, you see some other districts where they say, wait, you know, there's a district next to us that are, that's doing this. Why can't we do this? Of course, parents are frustrated with the remote learning and they're seeing that their districts look very similar. So why can't they do it? So there's just this been this push where people just feel like their kids aren't learning to their best ability in front of a computer. Uh, so they really want to get back. And um, just to throw out a few numbers there, overall in the state, about 41% of schools or students are in a blended learning program. Mm. Um, and maybe 31%, about 31% are fully remote. At the bottom of that is 28% of students are doing in-person, all in-person learning. When you think about that, and those numbers are, are they're staggering in the way that you see how this kind of breaks down. But when we started this back in August, we're on the air here talking, you and I were talking about this, this idea that, okay, they're going to start this way and in October, they're going to come back. That hasn't changed. They're going forward. They're moving in that direction. So it's surprising to me that there is this pushback, this protest to plans that are already laid out. Yeah. You know, in some, like Naperville, um, they have a plan to go back, uh, at least hybrid in a couple of weeks. But, you know, we've heard that parents, they, they want that sooner and that they can't really take another two weeks. You know, I think there's just been a lot of frustration around how students are learning. And um, it's just kind of hard for kids to, for some kids to be able to do this. And, and parents really feel, you know, if we if we can follow these uh, safety protocols, this can happen successfully. We heard this come up last night, Susie, in the debates where uh, the former Vice President Joe Biden was talking about you know, we want to open up schools, but there hasn't been any resources to make sure that these schools are safe. Where are we when it comes to precautions and safety and things like that? Because COVID hasn't changed since uh, August when a lot of these school districts made these changes. So where are we when it comes to safety and precautions? That's going to be really different across districts, depending on the number of students that might be in a district, the, the type of resources they have available. Um, I mean, you look at CPS, there are so many students there are classrooms that uh, could tend to be overcrowded, and, and I can't imagine how um, you can socially distance kids in one class, even if it were a hybrid program. So I think for some districts, that that's the issue. Um, they don't have the resources to maybe put up these barriers um, to spread the kids out all across the school. You know, I checked in with some of the um, county health departments, and, and the health departments are the ones who are kind of collecting the, the data from schools, like if the school has um, some kind of outbreak situation uh, that is reported to the, the health department. And there there have been a few outbreaks, you know, in Cook County, DuPage, McHenry. 
and just so people aren't as you know concerned when mm -hmm. they hear the mm -hmm. word outbreak an outbreak can be defined as two confirmed cases of covid-19 um occurring within a 14 day period oh, interesting. Okay. so like you know if there's like two people in a classroom who have covid positive covid results that uh constitutes as an outbreak and i just want to mention in in McHenry there were actually three schools that uh you know had what would be defined as an outbreak but those classes were remote, so it was actually just staff. So if you consider that, you know, that was a, a problem with just a few people who might have been in the building and they were all staff, you got to think of like the precautions that are necessary if you want to bring back more students, more people into those buildings. Other counties like Lake County, where they haven't had outbreaks with the start of the school year. I mean, we, we saw things associated with um, sports camps over the summer, but with the start of the school year, no outbreaks yet, but they've told me, you know, there there may have been like a case or two individually where, you know, they, they took swift action and made sure that individual stayed away and, and did the whole self-quarantining for 14 mm -hmm. days and checked themselves out before they were allowed to come back to whatever building in, in other social spaces. We got some messages on our hotline from parents and teachers about remote and in-person learning. Let's start with Liz, who's in Medina. Hi, my name is Liz. I live in Medina. I have four kids. My youngest three are in person. Uh, they must wear their mask all day and stay at their desk all day. They are allowed to go outside uh, two to three times a day for mask breaks. And I got to say, they are doing a great job. I think that kids are better at following the rules than most adults. Uh, they have not complained one bit about having to wear their mask the entire day. My sophomore, however, is e-learning, and it's really horrible. He wakes up, goes to the foot of his bed where his desk is, and stares at a screen all day. I think he feels disconnected, and his grades have uh, suffered from it. Yeah. You hear that a lot, and thanks, Liz, for that voicemail. But that, that's what you're hearing. Susie, what are you hearing from parents, uh, whether it's about sending their kids back to the classroom or, or like Liz said, the disconnect of e-learning? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's really just a big mix. I mean, you've, you've got folks who are saying that um, they are concerned, you know, maybe maybe they don't really know people who have been infected, but they know it's out there and, and they feel concerned, especially for um, maybe their elementary aged kids who they feel like eh, they're not going to be the most responsible when it comes to keeping their distance and, and keeping their masks on. And then some people who, you know, like we heard from Liz, you know, they, their their kid just isn't getting the whole remote learning thing. Um, I, I mean, I've heard a lot from uh, high school kids who are just kind of like, yeah, I, I pretty much just stay in bed all day. I turn off the camera mm. when I shouldn't be, but I uh, and I just kind of lay there and listen. And, um, you know, they've heard like in their classes, the teacher calls on them. And if a student doesn't speak up, they kind of blame it on their connection, you know, yeah, and, and right. it's things like that. So it's like. I, you know, I totally get it. You know, some of the, especially for some of the older kids in high school, um, you know, you're losing out on, on some of that engagement. And, and that's a worry for, um, for parents and, and for some teachers. What do the teachers say? I mean, what, what, what are you hearing from teachers on their side when it comes to e-learning or hybrid? I think it depends on like what community the teachers are coming from. For some, they're saying like, you know, the e-learning, it's, it's much better than it was in the spring. And everyone seems to agree with that. But again, it's hard because, uh, you know, your, your kids aren't going to be as engaged. There's something about like putting yourself out there a little bit more to kind of raise your hand over a Zoom meeting and, and speak up. And now everyone's just looking at you. 
you know, high school is awkward and it's even more awkward with this, I guess, Mm -hmm. for some kids. And, you know, the other thing is like, I've heard, you know, kids are trying to do the remote way of ditching class. So it might appear as if they're there, but they've kind of checked out. Um, (laughs) they're, They're not doing what they're supposed to do. So teachers, you know, they're saying it's better, but you know, they're, they're still frustrated by how this is working out. Um, and then some teachers are saying, you know, this is our best option right now to make sure that um, the students and staff are keeping safe and they're making the most of it. I mean, we've seen the way that some teachers have gotten really creative with how they're doing things. Uh, breakout rooms seem to be the popular thing these days of getting kids in small groups to um, try to boost some of that engagement. I think we've seen um, this video has, uh, going around of a, a kindergarten teacher who is like having to be a hundred times more animated in her remote class right. to yeah, keep that, her yeah. students engaged. Yeah. <laughs> I want to bring in a teacher. Julie Aylholm is an elementary teacher from HC Storm Elementary School in Batavia. They've been in hybrid mode since the start of the school year. She joins us on the line. Julie, welcome to Reset. You guys. Good. So as Susie was just talking about uh, teachers, that would be, let's, let's go right to the source. How, how are you doing right now when it comes to the hybrid learning model that you're working with? Um, good. Being super creative, of course. And um, I, I sometimes feel I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give an analogy like an octopus. Like I've got my hands on the computer. I'm looking with um, all my eyes out to the classroom. And then just multitasking, making sure everyone's engaged, you know. So Julie, One of the things I've had to tell my students is that they're their own best teachers, and I'm here, and we're all doing this together, and they do rise. It takes a lot of training for some of the systems that we put in place for the kiddos to get them more engaged, to, you know, help them have that agency and that buy-in. And really, I, I teach bilingual, so the ganas, like the gumption and the desire to learn, that's all super hard to translate. Right. But it it, it works, you know, with a lot of practice. So give us a, give so, us an idea. So when you're in the classroom, when you talk about having to be an octopus, uh, yeah. the, is the idea that you're doing a simultaneous teaching? You're teaching to the kids that would be in the in the pod that's there and also people who would be watching you remotely? Yes. We have a couple meetings during the day. We have a start of our day, um, nine o'clock, everyone gets on our Google Meet and we project it onto our screen. Everyone greets each other and checks in. And then we start actually with one of our programs that we can see live progress. And we kind of, I call it the, the hour of power where they get to be making their own choices of what they want to learn within math and driving their own learning And then they share and they present. They talk about what's hard and what's easy. And then sometimes, you know, we have a couple kids still learning and practicing the norms. So I have to definitely moderate the call, but also make my way around the room. When they finish one of their assignments that they've elected, we cheer for each other and we kind of help each other keep moving. But it's been a really tough journey here. Like, I can't believe it's six weeks out and it's feeling very smooth. It's, it's, the reality is it's a system that you have to practice a million times to get it right, you know? Julie, I can't thank you enough for taking some time out of your day. I know you got to get back. So Julie Elholm is an elementary teacher at H.C. Storm Elementary School in Batavia. Thanks for joining us and, and giving us a better understanding of what's happening in the classroom. 
Thank you so much. I want to go to another, uh, Susie, I want to go to another teacher. Isela Mendez is both a parent and a teacher, and she uh, joins us from Orland Park. Isela, welcome to Reset. Thank you. Thank you very much. So how, let, let's start with the parent part. How is remote learning going on in your household? My daughter is in eighth grade, and um, she has been doing the full remote program since the beginning of the school year. Um, it's a little to get used to. I would say the first week or two, she's like kind of burnt um, because it, it really is all day. Like it's every mm-hmm. subject all day. But I think just like the previous caller mentioned, it's a lot of routine and just getting used to. And now she's like doing fine. She prefers it actually. Really? Like, yeah. She's liking that she manages her time, that, you know, the social part, there's a lot less school drama. There's a lot less friend drama. (laughs) You know, she has her little workspace and she manages her time. And, you know, I just kind of make sure she's, you know, just check in that she's logged in. I'm making sure that she's eating because kids forget to eat. But she's she's thriving now. She likes it. Well, uh, it's District 135, right? Orland Park is planning to go back in person for for learning. You, uh, you're saying your your kids in in elementary and eighth grade. So what guidance right. what guidance have you gotten from the school on what the plan is for for in person or for hybrid? They are planning on doing. Um, like an A-B schedule where the kids go for four hours. This is where I'm concerned. She's going to go from having live teacher instruction full day, every day, to twice a week, twice a week for four hours. Because Mm. the other three days will be just essentially like assignments preloaded to like Google Classroom or whatever, you know, stream they use. And she'll, she'll be on her own putting your teacher hat on for a second. Do you like that concept, the idea of of, of having uh, assignments and, and no actual teaching in those days? No. In my opinion, I feel like it's a little inequitable because now um, I feel like for the sake of coming in for two days, um, we're going to lose three days of like more instruction, more connections um, that, that the kids have been making. All right. Isela Mendez is uh, both a parent and a teacher, and uh, her student is in uh, her daughter is in Orland Park, uh, District 135. Uh, Isela, thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. We've been checking in on the U46 district for a while now. I remember that we've had a couple conversations with Superintendent Tony Sanders, who has joined us at the back in the summertime, right before they started, and has uh, taken some time out of his day to talk to us today. Superintendent Sanders, welcome back to the program. Thanks, Justin. Great to join you. Yeah, it's great to have you. So, you know, you guys are currently remote, but but how has it been working, and, and what's the plan as October uh, begins tomorrow? So remote learning, yeah, we've been uh, in distance learning since the start of the school year. I came out uh, in late July and said that that's how we would open the year, and we would slowly transition back to in-person. Um, and we're doing that. We um, actually start bringing back in some of our special uh, special education students, some of the more severe and profound special education students beginning as early as next week. Um, and then uh, pre-kindergarten, pre-K through second grade, we're working to bring in uh, beginning October 26th. So okay. right now we're surveying parents to find out what's your preference. Do you want your child to be in person or would you rather stick with this distance learning model? So Superintendent Sanders, is that going to be an option for people? They'll be able to do remote as as well as as opting to have their kids go back to the classroom? 
Absolutely. Our, our goal is to continue to offer the distance learning model for, for families that do not want to send their child back to school. Yeah. Well, you, we had a teacher on a couple minutes ago talking about just she has to be an octopus. You can't just be a live stream. It can't just be someone in the classroom who's doing remote watching a teacher teach somebody else. This teacher has to engage with the Google Meets or the Zoom or whatever it might be. So how do you do that? How do teachers do that? And you have to take that into consideration when you're thinking about how the classroom's going to look. Absolutely. And I think really, you know, we have parents who are upset with us about the decision or the way we're rolling back into schools. And we have some that are really gracious that we're continuing to offer the distance learning. We're trying to be very deliberate in making sure that Each child is getting the individual attention they need. So we're not just putting a camera in the teacher's classroom. And if you're at home in the distance learning platform, that you're just watching a teacher teach a bunch of other kids. We're deliberately staffing so that if you're in distance learning, you have a dedicated teacher for your classroom. And if you decide to be in person, you're going to have a dedicated teacher for your in-person classroom. Superintendent Sanders, before I let you go, you know, this has become a political issue and you've seen rallies that have taken place in some other suburban areas that that uh, uh, actually border uh, U46 and Elgin. So what do you make of the fact that there is this extra pressure to get kids back into the classroom? I can tell you that there'll be a rally here uh, this week. We've already heard from uh, that there's parents that are putting together a rally uh, within our school district this week. Um I, I say the power rests with us as the adults. If we model the behavior of wearing a mask, maintaining social distance, washing our hands frequently, if we set that example and if we can get ourselves as a community with less transmission, that's the key to reopening our schools. Yeah. I don't think there's anything political about it. It should be, again, following the science. And the science says wearing a mask and being socially distanced is what we have to do. Yeah. Superintendent Tony Sanders, uh, Superintendent for Elgin District U46, the Illinois' second largest school district. Superintendent Sanders, thanks so much for taking some time out today. Appreciate it. Any time for you. Thank you. Susie, as we wrap and we've got to go here, you know, this is obviously there's different timelines for each school district, but it seems more often than not, and what we heard from this conversation is that all school districts are moving to get those kids in the classroom sooner than later. Yeah. And then I, you know, it's just going to be about like, okay, we're heading into winter now. Maybe we're all masked up, but we got to see how this mixes with flu season and Mm. all of that. I mean, you know, there are all these other concerns that are on the horizon. So we'll have to see. And and hopefully everybody uh, takes those precautions seriously. Well, let's do this again. Susie on WBEZ education reporter. And for all the guests that called in and were part of this conversation, thank you so much. Susie, thanks for joining us. Thanks. That's it for today's Reset. Be sure to check back in with the podcast tomorrow. I'm Justin Kaufman, and thank you for listening. If you need a break from the news, WBEZ's Nerd App Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club. Listen to Nerd App wherever you get your podcasts.